0: Kids stealing, woo,
1: wheel of dealing, limousine lights, jet slides, son of a gun! My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable. Hey, it's uh, it's Tiger. I need you to do me a huge favor. Take your name off your phone, my wife went through my phone. In
2: all seven of your Tour de France victories, did you ever take banned substances or blood doping? Yes. It looks to me as if they're going
3: to bow underarm off the last ball biden
0: master saying no, mate, but I'm sure he's going to bowl an underarm delivery. Sweating like a gypsy with a mortgage, actually, when he when he got up after scoring that trot.
4: Welcome to the dummy M. I am B-Row, joined always by my very good friend, T-Dog. How was your week, mate?
5: Pretty stressful week, actually, this week. Okay. Pretty, pretty full-on at work. Yep. And just counting down to baby number two, so I think we've got about seven weeks to go, and that's... um. Yeah, we're nearly at the end. Okay.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I had cancer scan number four this year. I am good. But I'm certainly going to tell you about this story a little bit later. Okay. We do have a fantastic show today, mate. We are joined by comedian Peter Green. Now, last week he appeared and he won the joke off. Fantastic guy. Great story. Really interesting life. So I'm looking forward to that interview.
5: We've got the joke off appearing again this week. Yep. And this week we've got one of our regulars, the Burn Unit. Mm -hmm. He's going to be representing Australia. Yep. And on the other end, representing America, we've got Peter Mizell.
4: Mm. Two of my favourite human beings on the face of this earth and our three nominees in the dummy M this week we have Deontay Wilder we have the Panthers players for getting a little bit crazy and we have the 17th NRL team the Dolphins do we need it I guess we're going to have that conversation but let's jump straight in mate who is our first nominee in the dummy M this week
5: Well, Row, I think it might be our first exploration outside of the realm of rugby league. Mm. And uh, we're entering the world of boxing. Yep. And we're putting up number nation, Deontay Wilder.
4: Yes. Now, he, of course, just had his trilogy fight with Tyson Fury. Yes. Now, the first fight, I believe, was essentially a draw. Second fight, Tyson Fury stopped him. And then in the third fight, Tyson Fury once again has stopped him. So they've got a history. There's a lot of bad blood there. However, I think the exclamation mark has been put there. Tyson Fury is the better fighter. And there's still a bit of bad blood from Wilder. Now, I've got a little bit of audio here from Seven News.
5: I went over to him to show some love and respect, and he didn't want to give it back. So that's, that's his problem. I'll pray for him.
4: Now, I totally get that you put a lot of emotion into this, and there's no way there's going to be a fourth fight. So Wilder, after the fight, he's been stopped. He's upset and he's angry, and his initial reaction was to sort of rebuff Fury and his kind gesture. I totally get that. However, there hasn't been a walk back of that since then, so that
5: just sort of comes across as really petty, doesn't it? It absolutely does. You're obviously more of a boxing fan than myself. I I don't know a lot about boxing. Mm -hmm. I know that it is more of a showpiece than the UFC that we watch, and Mm -hmm. I know that... um, the characters are probably bigger as well. So you've got Deontay Wilder, the American, probably your typical example of, you know, never being told no growing up. Yep. Was undefeated until Fury beat him. Mm-hmm. So never faced a loss. And then he sort of so in that first fight, he got lucky. It was a judges, mm-hmm. typical boxing judges yeah. scorecard thing. It ended up in a draw. Everyone knew Fury won that fight. Yep. Second fight, there was no doubt. He got knocked out in round number seven. Mm. And he came up with excuse after excuse after excuse why he didn't win that match. And then come the third fight, I get it, try and even the ledger, delays his walkout. Yep. Wears something absolutely preposterous to the ring, which takes forever to take off. But once again, that's part of the showmanship. Puts on arguably a really good fight, mind you. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, no one's doubting that, but he's still lost Mm. and cannot give... Tyson Fury the credit that he deserves.
4: Now, to slightly defend him for a moment, he claimed that Fury benefited from slow counts, okay? There's some truth to that. However, on the second knockdown, the ref stops his count, turns to the only other person in the (laughs) ring who's in the wrong spot and has to redirect him back to his corner, then goes back to the count. So there's someone to blame at this point in time, And it's Wilder. He's in the wrong spot. It wouldn't
5: be him. No way. No, no, it must be someone else. But then go back to the previous fight. Now, he
4: walked out to the ring in this sort of uh, samurai-type armour, which was like 40 pounds apparently. It was quite heavy. And he then later said, oh, it made my legs tired and I couldn't move and that's why I lost. But it's like you chose that outfit. You chose to wear that. That was your decision. And it was your decision to be in the wrong spot in the ring So if anyone's to blame here, buddy, it's you. Now, Tyson Fury, after he won, he got up and he sort of sang a bit of a song. Legend. Legend. Which was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But what Wilder could have done, a couple of days later, just gone, you know, something like, look, well done. You know, you did. You won the fight. You're clearly the better fighter. I don't know what hurt more, you know, that left hook behind the ear or your singing. Like He could have just made a joke of it, you know, and everyone would have forgiven him, but he hasn't said anything. And I've got to say, man, there's this. I'm not religious or anything, but there is a story of a guy in the Bible called Lot, and Lot's wife gets turned into a pile of salt. But the way Wilder's acting, I swear even Lot would look at him and just go, Jesus, man, you're a salty bitch. <laughs> Comedian and now feature film star from the film Love You Like That, Julia Wilson is back with her news roundup, so take it
2: away, Jules. Welcome back to the Dummy M Podcast News Headlines Roundup with J-Dub. In a week where we lost the wonderful Norm Proven at 88 years of age, an absolute legend of the game, we saw a couple of things happen in uh, rugby league. We have a new team called the Dolphins. I think the joke makes itself. The Dolphins? OK, let's move on. My favourite thing that happened this week is that St George have signed Aaron Wood for next season. This is remarkable, mostly because I loved Aaron Wood when he played for Balmain. He moved on to Cronulla. The thing that made me very, very happy about this particular article is that Aaron Wood's still playing. I actually hadn't heard anything about him for a long time, so congratulations to you, you old man. Also this week, we saw the spectator who ruined the Tour de France stage by jumping out with the giant homemade cardboard sign find out that she might see jail time for causing such a stack. Now I, for one, think that cyclers deserve what they get because I was woken up at 5.30 this morning hearing about somebody's tax return and then very vaguely about their investment portfolio as they kept going past my house. Oh, hang on, there was an Australian in that pack. There was an Australian in that pack who could have won. I'll throw her in jail and lock up the key. That's justice. And finally this week, we go to cricket, one of my favourite games. T20, one of my favourite forms of the game. West Indies teams, one of my favourite teams to watch play the game. Now, one of my favourite players is Curtly Ambrose. The man's a legend. Uh, one of my least favourite players, Chris Gale, because he's a giant tool. Now, Curtly Ambrose has said publicly that he doesn't think that Chris Gale would be first choice to play. Now, fair enough. The man's old and creepy. We're talking about Chris Gale here, not Curtly Ambrose. He's a legend. Curtly Ambrose, that makes sense. Chris Gale has fired up, chucked his toys out of the pram and is kicking off. Can we please get some kind of mixed martial arts, maybe octagon involved? I would watch that fight, please. Come on. God bless you, Curtly Ambrose.
3: B-Row and T-Dog, the NRL's loose integrity units.
4: Well, it is an absolute treat. We have a fantastic comedian. You might remember him from last week in the joke-off, which he won. He absolutely excelled. He has been a writer on Funniest Home Videos, on the Matty John Show. He's written a book about riding around Australia, and he also has completed a PhD. There's not much this man hasn't done. His name is Peter Green, and we welcome you to the Dummy M, yeah, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm good, mate. Yeah, you going all right. Very well. Now, I guess we always ask people up
5: front which team do you support, Pete, in the NRL?
3: Uh, it's only one team, mate, the Dragons. Oh, mm.
5: oh, some sad news for the Dragons this week, Greeny, with the loss of Norm uh, Proven. It is, North yeah, Norm yeah. Proven. We
3: lost it and an immortal died. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. Now- uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're not supposed to do that. That's always a bit of a shock. Yeah, you know?
5: exactly right. Now, I've heard a story, Greeny, that you actually yeah. attended the 1964 Grand Final.
3: I did. I was, I was at The 1964 grand final, the Dragons versus uh, Balmain Tigers. It was just uh, I think it was number nine in the 11 in a row, and uh, any St George fan who would say 11 in a row. We'll drop that into the conversation as often as they can. <laughs> uh, we're, kind of, we're kind of like the Egyptians. We built the pyramids 5,000 years ago. I haven't done much since then. But, yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> now, the view wasn't much, to be honest, because uh, it, was, it was a month before I was born. So, uh, <laughs> Do you remember much about the game? What was the highlight? <laughs> uh, the, 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 set, the roar of the crowd, really, about all I, uh, all I took away from that. <laughs> Oh, but, nice,
5: uh, nice. green. Now, I, uh, yeah. one of the things that B. row mentioned at the start is that you were a writer for the Matty John show. Now, this is the show that was on Channel Seven, yes? That's the that was one from about ten. There was in two thousand and ten.
3: Yeah, it was a yeah. prime time one. Uh, I'm surprised if anyone remembers it, but. Uh it was quite a funny show, actually. We it was, uh, we did a lot of sketch comedy stuff, and uh, it was a uh, Matty Johns. If he ever gives up uh, rugby league and uh, be an expert, he he could take on a comedy. He was a funny guy.
5: It's funny you mention. I know very very little about the entertainment industry. Don't have a radio background, all that kind of thing. I've got to be honest. I actually didn't know shows like that had writers. I just thought it was like Matty Johns and Matt Nabel sitting around coming up with ideas. I didn't realise there was actually writers, and you probably get zero
3: credit for all the jokes. Oh, no, I, I, think, I think my name appeared in the credits there. <laughs> <laughs> Matty would Matty, Matty come up at the start of the year and just act out all these these kind of uh, sketch ideas for us. We'd frantically try to uh, to take it all in. because He said, oh, look, I want to do this and that, and then he'd act out all the parts, and we'd think, oh, oh yeah, cool, okay and we'd uh we'd we'd come up with uh we'd we'd sort of script scriptalize it oh, that's a word but uh it is now yeah it, it is now I've invented that yeah it's when someone comes up to you with, with with their head full of great ideas and you you turn into words that that comes back to them and they 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 perform them yeah, yeah. nice. The year two thousand and ten was one the great years of rugby league. It was yeah. the last time Dragons won the comp. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> so it was great, great to be spending, spending that, that whole year just burying my head in rugby league. It was great.
5: So did did Matty give you the arse because you were unbearable and kept
3: going on about the Dragons <laughs> winning that year, or <laughs> since the Dragons won, that was the, that was the end of the show, yeah. <laughs>
4: Now, Greeny, you also wrote for Funniest Home Videos. I recall there were many a night where I'd sort of flick over and I'd see someone sitting in the crowd on Funniest Home Videos in a gorilla suit, Mm. and the funny thing being (laughs) that you also have a PhD, and I'd imagine you sitting there with your doctorate and dressed up as a gorilla, just having an amazing time. What was it like doing some of the stunts in the audience and mucking around on Funniest Home Videos?
3: Yeah, that that was a, a, a dream come true, that job. That was the best job in the world. I had it for 13 years, and my, my I was getting paid to basically sit at home in, my, in my, uh, my tracky dacks, just watch other people's kids getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's called YouTube now. <laughs> of, course, of, course, of course, you cling onto that job like you know, a survivor of the Titanic clinging onto a life raft. I mean, it's it was a great job. And, yeah, I mean, we, we got to do a lot of silly stuff, uh, make silly sketches during the show. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you, 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 it was basically, I was, I was a professional dad joke writer. So you, you, I just imagine the audience for the Funny Home Video Show was a, a very intelligent six-year-old. And what, what, you know, what uh, you know, a six-year-old would want to laugh at and then just come up with jokes along those lines. It was great fun.
4: Now, Greeny, you also rode around Australia. Quite an incredible story. How did that all come about? I
3: right, uh, just need to get some gigs. <laughs> 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 no one in Sydney wanted a bar. We thought, we'll go, to, we'll go to small country towns where no one's heard of us and they'll, 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 they'll give us a gig. And by the time I realise that uh, what more comedy's like, it's a bit too late. And they, they, you know, We've got push bikes, so while they're chasing us with their flaming torches, we can get away from them. <laughs>
4: Now, Greenie, my favourite story <laughs> of your trip involves a bush newspaper. Tell us all about that.
3: Yes. Ah, oh, well, a newspaper, yeah. This, 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 this is um, media analysis. There's a place <laughs> called Lakeland up north of Cairns. And, uh, yeah, the show was, was, that, that show just went off. And uh, the, the, the guy who owned the pub said to his bar stuff, look, get these guys slaughtered. So about half an hour after that, we were just completely off our chops. Thought we'd start playing our favourite drinking game, which is called uh, and assholes. Uh, I don't think know, you know, People play different rules to this guy Basically, you get you get the local newspaper, you roll it up, you uh, drop your strides, clench the newspaper in your in your bum cheeks. You set up three uh, middies along the bar. Uh, then someone, who you trust, you get them to light the the end of the newspaper on fire. I mean, the, you you waddle along the bar drinking, you go know, drinking three middies before the flames uh, get down uh, you know, to the undergrowth. And uh, so I'm used to doing this in Sydney with the Sydney Morning Herald, which is uh, what's called a broadsheet newspaper. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's 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 a long newspaper. You got you got enough time to savour the taste of the beer uh, while that's burning towards your, uh, your 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 more delicate past. But they they pay look it up in Lakeland, something called the Cairns Post, which is what is a, is, a, is, a, is a tabloid, uh, a lot smaller than the Sydney Morning Herald. So <laughs> I,
0: I, I, re- I reckon going. I got
3: to about one and a half minutes. Uh, before the, the spot fire started. And uh, no, well, we, like, we, we, had, we had people you know, standing there with, with glasses of water to uh, you know, for, you know, just, for, just such an occasion, but they were, they were too busy laughing. And obviously no one was going to throw their beer on me because it, you know, it's beer. That's right. Uh, you're not going to waste that on someone's ass that's on fire. So, so basically I basically slept face down for the next month and a half. Yeah, I had 150 kilometres the next day, basically. <laughs> Uh, standing. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, Greeny. Speaking of beer, like two weeks before we got to, before we got decent doctor in Cloncurry. And, uh, yeah. It's not, you know. And uh, when when you got to change the bandage in that situation, that's when you find out who your true friends are. <laughs> uh. Now, Greeny. Speaking of beer, I believe that you're actually yeah. enjoying
5: your first beer at a pub in several months. How's that going?
3: That's right. I'm, I'm doing this from outside the Oatley pub, uh, right, right next to the clock tower at Oatley. Yeah, and no, Oatley's just going off. Never seen so many people lighting light, There's like about 50 people lighting up in, in the queue to get into the pub. It's only like, what, what four o'clock on a Friday afternoon? It's city people that's going nuts. Yeah, nice. Yeah, the yeah, mate. Well,
4: mate, you enjoy yep. those beers and enjoy your freedom day down yep. there. And, mate, we really appreciate you joining oh, well. the show. Is there anything you'd like to promote yeah, at the moment,
3: Greenie? The Un-Australian, mate. If you get into that, that's. I write for this very serious newspaper in Sydney called the Un-Australian, There's this parody version called the Australian, <laughs> and, uh, which, is, which takes the mick out of us. And, and, and but uh, yeah, if, if you look up the Un-Australian and I, I, I don't know that I'm sure there's some dot com or something that goes after it, and uh, you, you you might find a bit of my handiwork there. Uh, Where we, uh yeah, we 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 treat the anyone in 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 charge with the respect they deserve, which is very little. And uh, <laughs> you yeah. know.
4: Fantastic! Thank you so much for joining us, Greenie, and we'd oh, love boys. to get you back yeah, on the show yeah. and uh, join in the joke off once again. Oh, yeah, as you were such a great performer,
3: uh, everyone loves a good joke off, mate. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thanks for Greenie. Hey well, you, boys. Nice talk to you. You're listening to the Dummy M Podcast, brought to you by the biggest dummies around, Biro and T
2: Dog. <laughs>
4: When you're on Spotify, please do give us a subscribe. We do appreciate that, and you can also check us out on Apple Podcasts. It is the Dummy M, and we've done our first nominee, Deontay Wilder. Who would the second nominee be this
5: week? T Dog. We're back in the land of League, mm-hmm. and it's uh, not one player. It's the Penrith Panthers. Uh,
4: okay, and they've been having some parties and some shenanigans. It seems like their Mad Monday has just gone for a month, hasn't it? It's ridiculous.
5: You know, I don't blame them. Like honestly, they're all like twenty-five. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd be doing the exact. Same thing. I can't hold it against them, but some of the shenanigans may have crossed. Oh, I'm not going to say crossed a line, but Mm. maybe just a step too far.
4: Yeah, Okay. All right. Well, I've got some audio here from Fox Sports News about the issue.
2: The NRL trophy has arrived back in Sydney for repairs after it was damaged during the Panthers premiership celebrations. While the trophy is often broken during grand final parties, the NRL is upset the sculptures of Norm Proven and Arthur Summons were then placed in a pram with photos appearing on social media. The Panthers accused of disrespecting one of the game's most iconic images.
5: I disagree. Okay. Yep. I think they placed them in the Pram. Where's the safest place to look after them? Mm. You put a child in the Pram. Yes, this is true. So I think they've actually protecting them. I
4: found out today, I did not know this. That's a $30,000 trophy. Yeah, yeah. What idiot gives them the real trophy? Why don't you just give them a plastic one? Because right. you know it's going to, the, yeah. the, they just said on the news right then this isn't the first time no. this trophy's been broken. What idiot then goes, let's fix the $30,000 trophy. I'm sure this will never happen again and goes through that again. What?
5: I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And it, isn't it funny how the media have short-term memories? Selective memories all selective. memories? have. I think one of the most famous ones is it fell off the back of Laurie Daly's ute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, so you can imagine him just chucking it in the back. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. Yeah. not, not strapped down at yeah. all. going bush bashing something. that falls out the back. He's like, oh, broke it. Whoops. it but, yeah, yeah. Whoops. Put it back in. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a big, it's not a big story, but I think there's more that have come. At other little stories. You've got Tyrone May, mm-hmm. who I'm going to shout out to Scotty Mac again. You okay. both have a mutual hatred for Tyrone May, okay. and probably maybe the most undeserving grand final winner ever. Wow. Yes. Well, in our memories, anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he got in a bit of trouble uh, with a sex tape over several years. Mm-hmm. Um, had to face court, miss game time and he makes reference to that while winning and I'm not sure if that's the best time to be bringing that sort of stuff yep. up and there's been a bit of carry on so much so that Greg Alexander, yes. you know, legend of the game is even telling them to possibly pull their heads in. Yeah, He is affectionately known as the old flog. They refer to him yeah, as the yeah. old flog on Fox Sports. So I wonder if he's now got to that old grumpy stage. <laughs> you know, He's just like, I can't handle any of this partying. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I'd have to say though that while New South Wales and you know, Greater Sydney is in lockdown I can get a bit of frustration and resentment from fans that they're just running a mark. Okay, I get it. Twenty-four, maybe forty-eight hours. But now you're just kind of rubbing salt into the wound. I don't understand that. The thing that I really don't get in this whole thing... Now, we've talked about this multiple times on this show, about why are they filming this stuff? Why are they putting it up on social media? They're so dumb. But here's the thing that just totally doesn't add up to me. These guys come from crime-ridden Penrith. Like, you learn by the age of six that all of this stuff becomes exhibit A in front of the judge.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to hear my Fox Force
1: 5 joke? Well, let me tell a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to hear me tell a joke? Knock,
6: knock. Who's there? You can tell a joke, can't you? Nope. Oh.
4: It is the Joke Off, our favourite segment on the Dummy M podcast, joined by two of the best people on the face of the planet, according to me. All the way from Sydney, we have the Burn Unit. How are you, brother?
0: Good, mate. How are yourself?
4: Very well. And the Burn Unit is going to be facing... Also from Sydney, originally New York, though, comedian Peter Mizell. How are you, mate?
1: Uh, good. Thank you, to dog, bra, and heartburn.
4: Um... <laughs> B-Row and T-Dog. Yeah,
1: I wanted to make sure I got your names right, because I, I did it wrong last time, but I'm pretty sure I got it right. By the way, that's a very um, frightening posse name you guys have, to dog, bra, and Harper, <laughs> I bet all the preschool kids in the neighbourhood are terrified.
5: Mate, we might run with that. <laughs> we might. We might.
1: Hey, can I can
0: I just ask something? You just introduced him as uh, Peter Marzell, uh, You know that he lives in Sydney, but I'm pretty sure I've seen on every single comedy poster he's ever released in the last 20 years, Peter Mynesell from America. I'm pretty sure that he's been living off that for a long, long time.
1: Oh yeah, I'm making a huge living from that. <laughs> huge. <laughs> <laughs> This week we've decided to... My wife and I were buying toilet paper. It's going so well.
5: (laughs) 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 All right, gents, we'll get underway. So it's three jokes each. Today it is Australia v USA. Mm -hmm. We've tossed the coin and Burn Unit will go first. So Burn Unit will say his joke. Mizell will say his joke. We'll alternate. And I believe I'm also the judge. Yes, you are. So at the end of the three jokes, we will judge who the winner of today's joke off is. So... Without further ado, Biro, if you would like to ding us in, and uh, it'll be over to burn unit. Okay, let's do this.
0: Alrighty, boys, let's start with joke number one. In a recent online poll, American teenagers were asked, what's the best thing about being American? They simply answered Kim Kardashian, Kanye West and Kendall Jenner. In a recent online poll, Australian teenagers were asked, what's the best thing about being Australian? They simply answered that none of those people live here. <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: it. <laughs> no, we're waiting on myself. So we're going uh, on myself.
1: Wait a minute! I, I thought these jokes were allowed to have punchlines. <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's what's good about it. And one of the good things about America. In America, anyone can grow up to be president. Not only can you be stupid or a crook or a racist or grab women by the pussy or be devices or mock disabled people or be incompetent or a liar, you can be all of those things and still be president. A lot of countries expect their leaders to be decent human beings and competent, but not America. Damn straight.
4: Mm. <laughs> Political commentary yes. from myself. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, um, because of The Simpsons, most people know that water flushes down the toilet in a different direction in Australia than it does in America. So when Peter moved to Australia, he could watch all his jokes go down the toilet in a completely different direction. (laughs) 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 Uh, I kind of stumbled over it, but it was worth it at the end. Um, That actually wasn't my joke. (laughs) You think so? Yeah, that actually wasn't my joke. So, yeah, joke number two. Australia likes to embrace all things American. We embrace McDonald's. We embrace Facebook. We even embrace a day of the year late in October when Americans like to buy lots of candy, alter their appearance, and scare the crap out of little children. And that day, of course, is Michael Jackson Day. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even tell you what we plan to do on Bill Cosby Day. That's another... uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, joke two, what you do with America is you take something that's positive and you turn it into a negative to make fun of us. Uh, You know, we have one accident where a Jewish laser beam causes a major bushfire and all of a sudden we're (laughs) villains. What about praising the technology that allowed Jewish bushfire lasers to be built in the first place? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Look at you with the political humor. Oh,
4: no.
1: None, none, none at all.
0: Australia loves America. We really do. We get excited when one of our own hooks up with a famous American. Uh, I remember when Tom Cruise married Nicole Kidman and the whole of Australia lived vicariously through them both. We became action heroes in Days of Thunder or as we like to call it BMX Bandits 2. We remember when Paul Hogan left Nolene and upgraded to the Linda Kowalski model and the whole of Australia felt guilty that we had left our wives and uh, we were all living the dream. And then Liam Hemsworth married Miley Cyrus, and the whole of Australia got herpes.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the view's got to be worth the climb, I know, boys, and sometimes it's not. But...
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that time we could have been in America. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah. Getting back to you take here, you take something positive and turn it into a negative. You know, in America, you see people going USA, USA. And here they go. Oh, that's just so stupid. What you don't realize is they're learning how to spell it. (laughs) (laughs) Same with the metric system. Three countries in the world don't use the metric system. Ghana, uh, Myanmar and the USA, but there's a reason again there's a reason for it. The metric system's used because we have ten fingers, and that, that 's why it's based on the metric system. But if we use it in America, that would discriminate against the people from Alabama and Mississippi because of so much inbreeding. having ten fingers is just a coincidence <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well done, well, gents.
5: Yeah, well done, gents. Um, yeah. I, I did enjoy more, I think, the Peter Mizell jokes. Whether <laughs> they make it to air or not, I'm not sure. <laughs> I've got to say, I'm, I'm a fan of, you know, your own country being made fun of. Yep. So the uh, the, the Aussie jokes were good. But uh, today's winner, I don't know whether it's because he's part of the show, but I'm giving it to Burn Unit. Well done, Burn Unit. You well are like today's done. winner.
0: Yay! Oh, what a winner. You know, boys, when... Um, When I first got the call and I first agreed to have a joke off with Pete Marzell, I immediately thought I'd give Pete a call and we could play a prank on you guys and we'd organise for Pete and myself to tell three really awful, unfunny jokes each but i didn't get to call pete it turns out i didn't need to call pete so uh <laughs> are you gonna get those three in are you <laughs>
1: <laughs> regardless i see
0: you know i i write them so i'm gonna say them it's up to you boys to edit them yeah okay yeah
1: <laughs> Uh, if you edit them all out, it's all good. But uh, I thought No, don't edit them out. No, no they're great. They're, they're good saying. jokes. No, no. <laughs> I finally hear you say something funny. <laughs>
5: <laughs> thanks. Thanks for having us. No, no, no. I really appreciate it, gents. Good fun. Yep.
4: Thanks, yeah. boys. And we'll fun. definitely get you back on the show. Absolutely.
1: Okay. All right, lads. Look, look forward to it. Cheers. Have a good one.
4: See you, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Well, one of the great signs of respect and progress for our show is the fact that we get contacted by new sponsors and we have a brand new sponsor this week, T-Dog.
5: Who would that be? Lachlan Lewis's car boot sale.
4: Oh, nice. Yeah,
5: so are you in the market for quality sound goods that are like new? Keen to get your hands on items that were once owned by the NRL? Well, then you need to come on down to Lachlan Lewis's car boot sale. Prior to being given his marching orders by the NRL, Lachlan made a point of taxing more stuff than the Australian Labor Party from his hotel rooms, which means he's got a carload of goodies that you can get your hands on for some fast cash and at a discounted price if you let him crash on your couch for the night. And you'll want to come on down because LL's Car Boot Sale is the one-stop shop for all your sound system needs. He's got Bluetooth speakers, speakers that you can operate via Bluetooth, And the latest in sound systems that, you guessed it, use Bluetooth. Plus, he's also managed to swipe a number of hotel towels and an alarm clock, which he will throw in if you shout him a meal. Any meal at all. (laughs) So, if you're on the market for a sneaky sound system, simply look out for LL's car boot sale situated on any street corner that currently isn't being policed in the Canterbury-Bankstown area. But wait, there's more. If you hurry now, you can also buy some rare memorabilia all of Lachlan's birthday cards signed by his uncle, King Wally Lewis, including his birthdays 1 through 5, then a five-year gap because he kept forgetting before Lachlan's mum gave him a rev at Christmas after a few too many shandies, and he picked his act up again for birthdays 10 through 16. But hurry, because pretty soon, Lachlan is going to have to get a real job and these specials will disappear. So simply visit thedrunkensoberchronicles.com or the back of Lachlan's Datsun 180B today. Cash only, no time wasters.
3: <laughs> Biro and T-Dog, they're like sex symbols for the visually impaired.
4: When you're on Facebook, make sure you check us out at the Drunken Sober Chronicles. Lots of memes there. Make sure you give us a like and a follow. And our third nominee... This week, I believe, someone brand new to the competition. Who is that, T Dog?
5: It is the fourth Queensland team to Mm -hmm. enter the NRL competition in 2023, it's the Dolphins. Right, not the Redcliffe Dolphins, no no. no. no, no, they're dropping the Redcliffe. They're just going to be known as the Dolphins. OK, all
4: right. Well, I've got some audio from Fox Sport News here. Here's what they had to say about it during the week.
2: More on our top story now. After months of speculation, NRL fans now have a new club to support with reports the Redcliffe Dolphins have won the race for the NRL's 17th licence. The Courier-Mail's Pete Bedell is reporting the Dolphins are the ARLC's preferred candidate. A formal announcement is expected this week with the second Brisbane team to be welcomed into the competition in 2023. Wayne Bennett is expected to coach the side. However, Mm -hmm. he's yet to agree to any terms. They'll become the first expansion team since the Titans in 2007.
4: My understanding is that Wayne Bennett graciously accepted their $2 million offer. So it was a mighty white of you. Yeah, that's (laughs)
5: right. I like the fact that they're being referred to in that story as the second Brisbane team. Yeah. I think there's been much discussion about them not having Brisbane in their name. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So for many reasons, I know that they're looking at possibly the North Brisbane Dolphins, but there's talk of them being, well, the Redcliffe Dolphins, but that was scrapped, and the Moreton Bay Dolphins or, you know, those kinds of things. But I don't think we should be surprised, B-Row, that they went with the Dolphins out of the three bids. I think it's pretty much, we all knew they were going to get it. They've got assets galore. They're already set up, like 1947 or something. They they've been running since. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got heaps of cash in the bank. So the, the NRL literally have to do nothing. Yep. They they they're self you know funded. They they can run. I'm intrigued by the location of Redcliffe. Have you ever been to Redcliffe? No. No. I actually, either of I, but I know where its graphical location is. And there's not a lot of growth there. Mm. So I know that they've already got a supporter base. And I, I wonder if they're trying to capture the Sunshine Coast, oh.
7: you know, which is a bit
5: of a growth. Okay. You know, our, our mate B.I., the U, Uber fan, yep. he, he lives there. He's now supporting the Panthers. I think he just bought their jersey last week. Well, not anymore. it would be Dolphins. No, no, it's actually it? yeah. the Dolphins, I think, since they got announced. <laughs> so we we'll look forward to that photo coming through B.I. I think they're trying to capture that market as well. Okay. But, yeah, there's a lot of growth out west, Brisbane. I'm, I'm actually surprised the Firehawks probably didn't get off the ground yep. to create new fans, yep. but financially It's the
4: decision they had to make. But the reason why we're talking about them here is, do we really need a 17th team? Doesn't this
5: now create a weekly buy? Yeah, I I thought the same question too. And then I, being the mathematician, Mm -hmm. I actually sat down and did some maths because it's not actually creating an extra game per week. We still have eight games per week. Mm -hmm. So when you go to the advertisers, you're not selling more product, okay? But it actually turns out you are. So over the course of the season, it now introduces an extra round, and it introduces an extra twelve games a year. Okay. Yes. So that means now there's twelve extra games throughout the year that the NRL can get more advertising, more revenue, more fans to the game. So it actually, even though you're still only getting eight games a week, yep, you're actually over the spread of the season going to get twelve extra games. And okay. I think buys are good for teams. You know, sometimes teams that are busted just need that break. So they're going to go to now back to two buys. Yep. This year and last year, I think they only had one each. Back to two buys.
4: Yeah. Well, it's good as an Eels fan because Brad Arthur just doesn't rest players. So I'm very excited at the fact that they'll be forced. forced. (laughs) Force rest, yes. But an extra round. Okay, I've completely flipped my position on this. Okay. And I don't think these people are a nominee at all because that then means another round. That means another week of players doing dumb stuff to come on our show. (laughs) Well, BI is back with his drunken bets. Let's see what he recommends
7: for us this week. get Gamble. I also gamble
6: like a degenerate.
7: Hey, give me some money. Why do I have to give you money? Show me the money.
6: I told you, your chances don't exist. I like those odds. Thank you, gentlemen. I am the notorious BI, the Uber fan, the wizard of odds, if you will. Back once again with a cursory glance over the world of sports betting for this week. We'll take a look at some cricket straight off the bat. With summer fast approaching and those whinging poms agreeing to at least show up, there's plenty to look forward to. Not least of all, the 11th incarnation of the BBL. The Brisbane Heat have been doing their very best to field another impressive side this season, again securing the services of young Afghan spinner Majeeb, along with exciting English duo Ben Duckett and Tom Abel. Jimmy Pearson is set to take over the captaincy from Chris Lynn, who's said to be concentrating on making more than just one score this season. They'll back this up with another nondescript group of gentle medium pacers and test batsmen to round out their side. Now, with all these impressive moves fans wouldn't be blamed for expecting big things from the heat this season but the money suggests otherwise they're unbackable to take out the wooden spoon paying only a dollar ten back to league for a second and the big news for this week was the announcement of the Redcliffe dolphins as the nrl 17th franchise on the back of this it's been reported that super coach wayne bennett has signed a three-year deal commencing in 2023 now we framed a market as to the actual length of 71 year old wayne's tenure at the dolphins and Let's just say I don't think the fans will be recommending that he goes out and buys any ripe bananas. We're paying $1.50 if you don't think he'll finish out his contract. That about wraps it up for this week. And remember, don't do as I do, do as I say, and gamble responsibly.
4: Well, as always, we throw it out on Facebook at the Drunken Sober Chronicles, and we've had two votes this week. Brian has said Panthers for not partying too hard, but because even with all the folks on NRL players mucking up post-season, Munster and Cheese... They still didn't figure out not to film. And I've got a side with you there, Brian. I certainly agree with that. And Stephen said Wilder for getting his big mouth shut. So thank you both for voting. And every week at the Drunken Sober Chronicles on Facebook, make sure that you jump on and you do vote because we do appreciate your input. But T Dog is the person who makes the decision who is the dummy M winner this week, mate?
5: Mate, I, uh, I can't cop a sore loser. I just can't. Mm. So it is Deontay Wilder. So yep. he is our first non-rugby league winner of the dummy M. Uh, and I think this week, thoroughly deserved. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more.
4: So I did mention at the start of the show that I'm on cancer scan number four this year. Okay, now I'm totally, well, mostly clear in, in one way. So just to recap, a few months back, I went to the doctor with some stress-related issues. And I had this pimple on my forehead, and I've had it for ages. And I walked in I said, hey, doc, before we get to my stress thing, uh, can you just check this pimple? And she threw on her special glasses and she goes, oh, that's a skin cancer. And I'm like, you're not helping with my stress. This is not helping me whatsoever. However, I just happened to catch it at that point in time. I had that, uh, had a part cut out, sent away. And they said, no, no, it's all good. You're all clear. Then I had a colonoscopy, had some issues. That was all clear. And then I had this really weird growth that was bleeding in my nose and it just kept recurring. And I thought, oh, oh, it's got this really funny smell. And this was more of a, OK, I'm, I'm 47 now. I've just got to get everything yeah, checked. And yeah. it was more in my head. Yeah. But I'll tell you the story. The nurse at the clinic I go to, she's an ex-student um, as a high school teacher. And she calls me up. And she's like, oh, I've got the results for your biopsy from from your nose. I'm like, oh, cool. And she's like, yeah, yeah, OK. So... <coughs> excuse me, and I'm just like oh, on the edge of my seat waiting for this. And then, oh, hang on, i us get a drink. Oh, that's better. Okay. Anyway, I've got the results. And I'll just hang on a second. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then she talks to the person. The person goes away. And then she gets an email and it goes, ding. And she's like, oh, hang on, my screen's changed. And I'm at the point of like just going, just tell me. And she goes, oh, no, it's all clear. And it's like, ah, oh. right. So anyway, I, as you know, I spoke about this on the on the show a few weeks ago. And if you had a notice last week, have a listen to this.
3: No, I think oh, congratulations, Rob. We saw something happen out at, on last weekend. We say happened three times since nineteen ninety one. That's that's of course the marriage proposal.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, out of <ugh>. penance. <laughs> Right. So
4: I've had a chest infection for I five weeks. I picked up weeks.
5: on that cough. I didn't realize, yes. Right. Which
4: yeah. turns out I had pneumonia. I was coughing up blood and I was worried I'd actually got COVID down at the Bunya Mountains mm. and I was going to be the jabroni who brought it back to Gladstone. And I was I was a little bit worried about that. I went to the doctor and straight away, she didn't say COVID. She goes, you got a chest infection, go and get a scan. So I go and get the scan. Sure enough, nurse calls me again this week. And she's like, "Uh, I've got your results. I'm like, cool. She's like, well, obviously I can't tell you over the phone. Now, she told me last time when it was clear, she's not telling me this time. And I'm thinking, oh, no, you know, your mind starts to go into overdrive. And she goes, oh, yeah, how about next week sometime? I'm like, no, No. we're going to do this now. And so she got me in Thursday morning. And I cleared it with my boss. I said, hey, I just want you to know, worst case scenario, if it is cancer, I might need a little bit of time before I get back to work just to process it. It won't take me long, but, you know, I might be there by 11 a.m. So anyway, I get to the doctor's, 9am appointment, doctor's running late. And it's just like, this surgery is just dragging things out. It's unbelievable. So eventually I get in there and she goes, oh, okay, oh, let's have a bit of a look here. Ah, Okay, oh, all right. So you've got a lump in your lung. It's 14 millimetres by 20 millimetres. And it's like a nodule at the bottom of your lung. And I'm like, oh, I'm thinking, oh, no, I used to be a smoker. So I'm thinking, "Uh oh, this is not good. And I'm a bit rattled. And she goes, I'll tell you what, I've got a respiratory specialist. I'll put you in touch with them and you can make an appointment. Okay, cool. So I go outside, have a bit of a moment thinking, uh-oh, this is not good. I've got a lump in my, my lung. And I call up. I get the specialist two hours later, right? Booked in already on the day. What a salute to the Australian medical system. And we went through this with my wife with her cancer. Just amazing. Our medical system is sensational. I can't praise it enough. Anyway, then the Skype call gets pushed back because he's in Brisbane. And it just gets pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. So I was literally going to talk to him, I think, at about 11. And I ended up talking to him about 2 p.m. Right? Really lovely guy. But it was just the strangest phone call in that it went for 20 minutes. And the first 15 minutes was just a horror story. He's just like, "Okay, do you have any relatives who have respiratory problems? Do you have any kids who've got these? What about your brother? Like, that's really weird. You look really healthy. Wow, I'm a bit shocked by that. Okay, well, we'll start at the top of your lungs. Your top of your lungs are good. Then the next stage this is not good. And from there, it was like, this next part is really bad. And then this is just terrible. And then this is the worst. Like it just got worse as it went down. And he kept throwing out all the terms and he kept telling me all the stuff. But he did say, I don't think it's cancer, but you've got a partially collapsed lung. You've got this massive infection there. I've got something on the bottom of my lung, which is causing me problems with my back. And he's just like, mate, this is terrible. And it took 15 minutes for him to work all the way through it. And the whole time I'm thinking, can you just get to the part where you tell me that there's a cure for this, right? (laughs) And I go, so what do I do, Doc? And he goes, oh, well, we'll start with (laughs) antibiotics.
5: It's like Like, over the counter. Really?
4: Are you kidding me? (laughs) So antibiotics for two weeks. And he said, if that doesn't clear it up, we'll fly down to Brisbane. And essentially, we're going to have to drain your lung and put a camera down there and we'll check it all yeah. out. But I don't think it's cancer. So I'm pretty happy about that, but I just want to drill down on the I don't think it is yeah. to I know it's uh, not, yeah. you know. so Well,
5: we're both teachers. Yes. As you know, we spend significant amount of time marking work, yep. grading work. And we give it back to the kids, and all they care about is the grade. Yeah. You know, that you could write comments for days. It's yeah, just like, I can imagine you just sitting there, the teacher and you, get to the result, get yeah. to the result, get to the result, get the result, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, so I could just see you going through your head. Hey, absolutely.
4: I'm not going to deny it because – my wife just really doesn't give me much sympathy. And there was that part of me, I was like, when he just got down, right down to the bottom, I'm like, I think this is something my wife might give me a little <laughs> bit of credit for. <laughs> and she did. So... Hey! <laughs> well, mate, that's episode 18, fast approaching episode 20. Pretty exciting stuff. Mate, you have yourself a fantastic week. Anything planned?
5: Uh, no, no. Be Row, right, We're just enjoying... Any downtime we can at the moment mm-hmm. uh, before bub number two comes along. I know next week or the week after next, the father-in-law is turning 70, so I'll give people more of an update next week. Yep, okay. And uh, But no, just uh, onwards and upwards and counting down.
4: Well, I know Kath and I are looking forward to that, and we're really excited for you. And, of course, Mick Meredith, great friend of the show. He has donated another song for us this week. Very kindly, you can check out all his work at mcmeredith.bandcamp.com. And this was a little bit different when I heard it. It really grew on me, but it was like, oh, this is a bit funky. It's a bit of a different style for Mick. Uh, Check it out. It is a song called Push Me Off My Bike, and we'll catch you next week.
7: I squeeze my balls in Into my lycra tights I like to pedal in the morning I need to wax my thighs And through the traffic you will see me weaving Wearing strap-on shoes Everyday abuse I am receiving They got anti-bike issues I'm a middle-aged man in lycra And hills I like to climb My bike's made out of Kevlar My high-vis colour is lime But why'd you try to push me off my bike In my lycra tights Why'd you try to push me off my bike? I love wearing fake sponsored Lycra And I like it bright Yes, I drink my coffee marker Wearing pantskin tight They get tighter and tighter when I try piercing They bring me to tears A larger pair would have been a good decision My urine isn't clear Now it's Saturday morning And I'm trying to change a tire I've had multiple bike falls cycling I should retire but why'd you try to push me off my bike in my lycra tights why'd you try to push me off my bike and I've got chafing all over my inner thighs feels like I've got nappy rash all the time My age sports should be collecting wine Yes, I get up in the morning and I squeeze into my tights I'm half asleep, I'm yawning, yeah, why'd you try to push me off my bike?